Hello, everybody, and welcome to Superhouse Podcast, episode number 158. I'm Wolfie, joined by Andrew. I'm tired, but I'm here. I'm ready. Let's do it. Joey. Yo, yo. I'm back. And as our featured guest on this episode, Jared Bowditch. Thanks for coming on again, man. Yeah, thanks for show. And in tonight's in tonight's episode, we're going to be going over a little bit of nerd news, um, the happenings that are going on in the nerd realm. We're going to info fill you in on a few little tidbits. Uh, then we're going to go into a retro gaming segment with Jared Bowditch himself. And <laughs> after that, we're going to take. Uh, I discovered a really amazing website. This last week called Inspirobot. It's an artificial intelligence that generates um, inspirational quotes and like backgrounds and stuff. It's really fucking hilarious. Um, and then uh, after that, we're all gonna have a circle jerk. <laughs> well, I can't. Welcome. Wait. I for one can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> I won't be a part of that. You guys have fun. Yeah. <clears throat> So right now we're going to head on into the news with me. Here I am. What's going on? This is the news. So here I got a couple of a little news tidbits. This time around I didn't put as much effort into it as I did my Stan Lee <laughs> tribute. I'll just admit. However, I did scour the internet for something like a good hour to look for something that I was at least was interesting. Seemed like a bit of a slow news day in the in the super house realm, geek realm kind of interest base. But I think I found a couple of things that are all right here. And I'm just going to go ahead and lead with a bold headline. Venom is more successful than every X-Men movie, including Deadpool, is the headline of this. Whoa, whoa, uh, whoa, whoa, what? <laughs> brought to you by Comic Book Resources and written by Sam Stone. <clears throat> and this one's a little bit heavy. I'm just going to kind of read it. I'll skim over stuff that's kind of boring. But um, thanks to its second weekend in China, Venom has earned over $780 million worldwide at the worldwide box office with $210 million earned domestically and $207 million earned in China alone. That's fucking crazy in, in, uh, that they'd spend this much money in China for American blockbusters. But anyway, I'll tell you why. Um, in short order, the film is expected to top 2016's Deadpool, which earned $783.1 million globally and tw- in 2016 and is the highest earning film in Fox's long-running X-Men cinematic franchise. This also puts the Sony superhero film on track to earn over $800 million worldwide and potentially outperform the studio's Spider-Man, which earned $821 million in 2002 and its second only to 2007 Spider-Man 3 as the top Marvel movie outside of the MCU. <clears throat> the film has been an unlikely runaway hit for Sony despite reports of a troubled production, lukewarm reviews, and a lingering debate over whether the film is and its titular anti-hero are part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe or in its own cinematic universe entirely, one lacking the presence of the character's longtime comic book nemesis, Spider-Man. Of course, the key to Venom's surprise success is linked to the Lethal Protector's own enduring popularity. Um, And then they go into uh, the creation of him a little bit. Created by writer David Michelin and artist Todd McFarlane in the pages of 1988's Amazing Spider-Man and number 299, the extraterrestrial symbiote-powered Eddie Brock quickly became one of Spider-Man's most recognizable and fan-favorite foes. In short order, he starred his own 
comic book series where he evolved into a hard-hitting anti-hero and would eventually appear in virtually every animated series based on Spider-Man since created, as well as in a multitude of Marvel video games, uh, and a solo film for the character had been planned for years before his live-action debut in Spider-Man 3, though it took until 2018 for the standalone movie to become a reality. At the time... <clears throat> At a time when 80s and 90s nostalgia is running high, the superhero films consistently top, top the <clears throat> At a time when 80s and 90s nostalgia is running high, and superhero films consistently top the box office year after year, when a desire for less family-friendly movies fueled by the success of Deadpool and Logan struck Hollywood, Venom was in the prime placement for its long-anticipated solo cinematic outing with A-list actor Tom Hardy cast as the eponymous anti-hero and delivering the critical highlight of the entire movie with his unhinged performance, the film's ultimate PG-13 rating opened itself up to a wider, audiences, a wider audience than Fox R-rated counterparts and boasted an anarchic, irreverent sense of fun that Warner Brothers' similarly dark superhero outing sorely lack. <clears throat> anyway, I'm going to skip over some of this shit. Uh, but basically they were saying that it was so popular in China because there was a kind of like a six, what was it, a six week long embargo on American films being released in China. And so there were the Chinese to boost um, the, the local, not local, but the nationwide Chinese filmmaking um, industry. Uh, as opposed to just the reliance on American blockbusters, but it created some kind of void that when Venom came out, um, people just were clamoring for that American, that Hollywood blockbuster because they were just so inundated with their own kind of films at the time. The big question now is how will Venom's chart-topping box office affect Sony's plans moving forward? A sequel is virtually guaranteed with Tom Hardy having signed on for at least two potential sequels and the film's mid-credit scene teasing a clear path for the future films to follow. But looking beyond Venom, the studio's planned solo Morbius film is slated to begin principal photography in February, while additional solo films starring various Spider-Man supporting characters including Kraven the Hunter, Silk, Black Cat, and Silver Sable are all in various stages of development. So Venom was super successful outside of it being having anything little to do with the MCU, and it's just making money all over the world what do you guys think about all that i feel like it's an easier concept i guess to get than like if you compare it to x-men like you know it has that whole you know martin luther king and malcolm x thing going on at mm. least under the surface right and if that's like your core base of your story uh if you know it's a base in real reality and and then you bring that type of thing over to a country that's 99.9 percent .9 the same race and that they haven't they've never really had these issues mm. then maybe that might not resonate as well but everybody on the planet earth more or less i would say has had evil thoughts and <laughs> monsters are cool and yeah you know, it's it's just I think it's an easier sell Edgier. despite it being kind of a, a shitty, you know, it's just one of the shittier films. Right. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you not watch that movie? Someone went and saw that movie. Then they told their friends to go see it and then went back and saw it themselves. <laughs> I only saw it a second time because I was at a drive in and I was stuck there. <laughs> You've seen it twice, Maddie? Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, so I went. I went home to visit, and I was hanging out with some friends in Louisville, 
mm-hmm. and they were like, yo, it's going to be OG Halloween and then Halloween 2018. And I was like, sick. That's going to be a great double feature. Get there, and they go, oh, it's uh, Halloween 2018, then Venom. Well, the other movie, we could have went to the smaller screen at the drive-in, and they were showing Hellfest, but who's going to go to the smaller screen? Not this guy. <laughs> so I just watched it again. And honestly, seeing it a second time, I was like, oh, I get I knew what was going to happen, so it wasn't as bad. But I still was like, man, what could have been? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there was a really successful marketing campaign in China as well for Venom that had these really sick posters that look like uh, black ink in water in the yeah. shape of Venom and stuff. That was really cool. So yeah. I'm sure yeah, being but able to see that. It, it makes me upset because, I don't know, there's some of the movies that they're <laughs> uh, just... I feel like studios and studio exec- producers and all this shit who don't get good filmmaker will be like, well, Venom did well, so let's just throw a Craven the Hunter movie out there. Who cares if it's got Spider-Man in it? I don't give a shit about Craven the Hunter, dude. Yeah. I don't. I don't care about that. <laughs> like, I don't need that standalone movie. Yeah. And I don't want that to be a thing where it's like, well, we'll just make all these villain movies and we'll never have the hero show up because that's fine. People don't give a shit. And it's like, no, no, no. The best thing about some of these villains is because Spider-Man fights them. That's why Vill- they're cool. Villains are more interesting these days, it seems. No, they're not. Crave the Hunter is pe- shitty. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to like see him. a Hydro-Man movie, goddammit. <laughs> Stilt-Man. <laughs> yeah. Uh. But uh, but yeah, anyhow, I guess the you know the culturally the, the those Hollywood blockbusters they they mean uh, they mean something to these these foreign audiences in a way that probably we don't even experience. That's pretty interesting. Um, so fuck, and we never will because we're American. China China accounts for basically half of all the like movies made and viewed in the world, don't they? <laughs> I mean, they're number two. They might even overtake America as the number one movie-going audience in the world. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a big deal, man. It's a really big deal. I mean, yeah, when you've got a population of over two billion people. Yeah. Dang, they got to have a lot, lot of movie time, watching time. They got to bond. No, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, moving on to the next subject. And again, uh, for my lack of actually like writing out my own like I did last time with the news thing I'm basically just going to read stuff off of sites I found but it's good you, should you go to these, slacker you should go to these sites and, and also I think the information that's in these tidbits are fairly interesting I think you sh- y'all should know about them um, <clears throat> but yeah this is from Screen Rant uh, and it's and, and the, the headline is Birds of Prey movie star confirms filming start and story details by Sandy Schaefer and I was especially drawn to this article because it's about Mary Elizabeth Winstead who not only is a fantastic mm. actress and beautiful woman who I have a crush on but she's also a badass uh, just a badass person in general <coughs> anywho Birds of Prey co-star Mary Elizabeth Winstead has confirmed the project's filming start date and even offered some plot details in addition <gasps> to being the first DC extended universe film that's designed to be R-rated Birds of Prey will be the first movie to feature Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn since The Suicide Squad came out in 2016. While there are currently several other projects that feature Harley in some stage of development, including the Joker and Harley Quinn movie, Birds of Prey will be the first one that makes it to the big screen. 
As the title implies, however, Birds of Prey isn't a Harley Quinn solo movie. Rather, it's a film that pairs Robbie's character with her fellow DC antiheroes, Helena Bertinelli, Huntress, played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and Dinah Lance, Black Canary, played by June Smollett Bell, um, who I'm not familiar with so much. <clears throat> but I think I've seen that, read that name recently. Anyway, as a member of the gang of superheroes, the movie's cast also includes Rosie Perez as a Gotham City detective, Renee Montoya, nice. and Ewan McGregor as the villainous Black Mask. Nice. Um, oh yeah. yeah, Ewan McGregor. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then there the char- character Cassandra Kane is also featured in here. A character in the pages of DC comic eventually grows up to take on the Batgirl mantle. Um, but she has like a full face mask, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. She. Yeah. She's like a. I think is she a mute? I don't know. Actually, never uh, read that. But maybe, yeah, she has like she had like a full face no, mask. Kind of late part, only, 2000s. only bat mem- only bat family member that has a full face yeah. mask. So anyway, and so this is what Mary Elizabeth Winstead had to say about Birds of Prey production and filming uh, in early 2019. Do uh, you best said, Mary Elizabeth Winstead voice now? Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't want to sully her beautiful, whatever. But I'll just read it regularly. Like, it's sort of a spinoff of Suicide Squad. It kind of follows Harley Quinn, which is Margot Robbie's character from those films, and this sort of girl gang that she puts together. I play Huntress, and we've got Black Canary and Rosie Perez and Ewan McGregor. It's really fun. It's a really fun, fun cast. We haven't started shooting yet, but we start to shoot in January. I can't wait. I can't wait to see her as the Huntress. That's going to be awesome. One of the first comics I had as a kid was had the Huntress's origin in it. And uh, and so that's like my nostalgic connection to it. And to, and Mary Elizabeth Winston is just one of my favorite uh, female character. I don't know if you'd call her character actress or whatever, but she's one of my favorite actresses um, currently. And I think it's a perfect role for her if I do in my nerddom my nerd sphere <laughs> <laughs> it's about time running, the world finds running out, out of about words Elizabeth <laughs> this movie is being scripted by christina hodson an up-and-comer who also wrote december's bumblebee spinoff and is currently working on the script for dc's batgirl um meanwhile kathy yan is calling the shots following her breakout effort as a filmmaker earlier this year in the claimed india co- comedy drama dead pigs which i have not seen first uh, asian uh, female director in the DCU. Yeah. Birds of Prey. It'll be interesting. It seems like yeah. they're going to try and do some different strange stuff. Um, hopefully they take a cue from what they're doing on Titans with the DC stuff because Titans is just really enjoyable so far and it really ropes you into these, this universe in the way that the sadly the the grandeur of the DC films have not yet really been able to other than Wonder Woman and hopefully Aquaman. Indeed. Indeed. So anyway, that's if you're wondering what's going on in the Birds of Prey production, that's what's <laughs> happening. The uh, update. Kind of, a, kind of a slow news week, but there's a couple of stories there that I thought were noteworthy. Um, so next up, we're going to go into our viewing of the final Aquaman trailer. Oh, the ocean. Ugh. <laughs> the ocean highway. <laughs> Family stuff. Ugh. Who will use the Somebody's volume's too loud. That might be me. To put Atlantis back together again. Okay, we're good. That guy had a weird power. The exact spot that Volko gave me my first swimming lesson. I already know how to swim. Not even close. Nice. Well, Throughout all these great. trailers, they really are showing a lot of the film, but... I mean, uh, you know... Proof, proof, proof. 
proof of concept. Yeah, still gotta get people to believe it's possible. I like quite a bit. Don't need to watch that. I like that they play up that he's been trained his whole life and all My that kind of thing. Made me what I am. Volko is looking amazing, man. Yeah, he looks awesome. Willem Dafoe. I am the protector of the deep. Oh, I like this music actually. Yeah, yeah music great. is good. Really makes this line hit. I'm gonna tell you right now, this part I liked a lot more in the five-minute trailer. Yeah, I didn't watch it. It was just incredibly epic. The time has come in the other trailer. I like I like the electronic kind of backing music. Is it Dolph Lundgren? Yeah. yeah. That alligator thing was sweet. <laughs> I love that. I'm Aquaman. My boy Patty Wheels. Love him the most things. This shit looks dope. Black Manta. I like the smoke from the eyes. It's cool. Hands down. Yeah. It's so cool. You believe you'd be the cold kid man whooping some asses. Uh, white commandos. Uh, God, Mira, it's, it's fucking white commandos. Now I need yeah. something more. Yes. Those yeah, are ships. Mira's the baddest. I like how it's all, epic, bro. Not to be too nautical, but it's like all hands on deck here. <laughs> Good one, man. No, I like that. They're fucking. This movie's gonna make a lot of money underseas. <laughs> Douche! That's pretty funny. Douche! <laughs> Still not feeling the fucking classic costume thing there, though. Seems a little shoehorned yeah, in. Yeah. But. Like it. It's about him becoming the king, though, man. He's gonna attain it somehow. Yeah, what are your thoughts, Matt Matavius? Uh, I think it looks like trash. There's no. There, no I'm just kidding. I there's think it no looks Superman. There's no. <laughs> there's no Batman. Well, where are they? Where's Wolverine at? I don't know what comics are. Uh, no, I think it looks great, dude. I'm super excited for it. I love that the. Uh, I feel like I like that the trenches in it because I really like that run in the New Fifty Two. Mm -hmm. Which is I was when Andrew was visiting this weekend. It's I it's the only Aquaman comic I've ever read was just that first volume. <laughs> nice. So, uh, but I really like the creature design. I like all the me. weird sea creature shit. I kind of want him to explain it all and tell me what each one is. I know that's not going to happen, but I can't wait to see weird dragon sea creatures fight mm. one another in a big war. Uh, Black yeah. Manta looks sick. I'm like Joey with the smoke in the eyes. Looks yeah. amazing. I'm you know I always fear when I see cool. Uh, villains that most like I would feel like there was a time when it's like let's just kill them off let's just kill that one off let's kill this one off so I'm really yeah. hoping that James Wan and I do trust him because he has made some of some of my favorite horror movies of recent years that he will not kill off certain characters just because like well he was the villain in the first one he's got to die right that's probably my biggest worry going into any like comic book movie because I mm -hmm. feel like they just do that too much. I mean, it's gotten a lot better over the years, but I'm afraid that... That's my biggest fear going into Aquaman, that like I'll be like, Oh my god, that was Black Manta was so sick. Why did he have to die? Oh, yeah, I see what you mean. Like Darth Maul? Yeah, well, I mean like that, and then it's like... I mean, generally so like... Cool character, yeah. Yeah, they just, for a while there, every time a new villain showed up in comic book movies, it's like, we gotta kill him. And it's like, why? He's the rogues gallery. This dude stays around. <laughs> yeah. Like they fight yeah. more than once, you know? right? It's right? Like, right? Then right. they team up with other villains, 
and then fight the hero. Like, dude, you guys are fucking squandering your films here. So I, I, I don't think that's going to happen, but that's my biggest fear going into Aquaman that I'll like see. I'll be like, that he's so sick as Black Manta or Ocean Master or something. I'm like, why'd they? Yeah. God damn it. Just put Patrick him in jail. Wilson. It's fine. It will be they cool to see Patrick Wilson and, and Patty kind of Wheels. this, like, this my big boy. blockbustery colorful. <laughs> P. Willie. Because we've seen him do superhero stuff with Watchmen, but this this will be cool because it's such a different feel altogether. Uh, my favorite thing about he... James Wan is how he just brings people with him. He's like, yeah, I'm going to put you in Aquaman. And Patty Wills is probably like, oh, my God, thank you so much. I need a good <laughs> Patty Wills. Patty Wills. Patty Wills. <laughs> so when they, when they announced that uh, home is calling thing, uh, that's the, that's been one of the slogans for this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Momoa – no, not Momoa. He's not on Twitter. But I think James Wan posted that or something. And then uh, – Patrick Wilson tweeted back, no, it's not. Go home. <laughs> so go back to your surface world or whatever. That's funny. Nice. That's, yeah. my, that's my Patty Wills. Nice. <laughs> Patty Wills. Cool. Uh, Joey, what do you think about it? Uh, I think it looks really good. Um, it's probably the first, I guess, DC movie I've been, you know, by watching it, I've been excited about it. Wonder uh, Woman? Yeah, I guess since Wonder Woman. Oh yeah, that's um, natural. So it's been, yeah, yeah, no, that's natural. So I guess that's it's been natural. I guess it's been about a year and a half at this point. Um, yeah. You know, I I guess I'm still sort of you know a little sketched, a little sketchy about it. But you know, just kind of you know, from what uh, BVS and Zack Snyder and all that has done to the DCU, but um, it looks really good. Um, I'm hearing good things. Uh, basically everything I've ever heard about it is good and good and so the trailer looks great uh, the colors that I keep seeing like it just looks awesome like they really did a really bang up job um, kind of I, I, I hope the rest of the DCU like follows suit because um, it's looking good is it my go? Yeah. oh yeah sorry uh, Andrew so uh, how do you feel about the Aquaman final trailer? So, so far up to this point, there's only been one thing I've been kind of iffy on, and that's the something-something trident from the five-minute trailer. Yeah. Uh, it, does give, it does give me pause as to if Momoa can really carry this film, <laughs> that, yeah. that, that one scene. But I got to say, man, I've racked my brain trying to think of anything else that I dislike about any of this shit. Um, yeah. I mean, the bright colors, the tone is there. There's humor there. You got James Wan doing it. Everybody that's surrounding Momoa is excellent. Um, this is the first trailer that really sort of delves into Volko as well as Atlanta, uh, Nicole Kidman's character. Uh-huh. Um, she has more of a, uh, more screen time in this trailer than any of the trailers that we've seen. Yeah. And um, and the father as well, uh, Django Fett. I forget his name. Um <laughs> His real yeah. name, yeah, That's and, his name and, and to see Volko, I mean, everybody like you know, fucking training montages and shit are awesome. So it's gonna be cool. <laughs> and if they have like a swimming kind of training montage in this, or maybe not a montage, but you know, a sequence, the training scenes, that'll be really cool. Yeah, and um, you know, a lot of the shit was practical. I even saw on they even there's like a behind the scenes featurette that Fandango put out. Yeah, I've been following this film. Uh, Damn, this is like Andrew Bush. Fandango put out this featurette, and the uh, that guy that jumps out of the, the I think it's a younger Aquaman 
uh, he's jumping out of the, the the sea like a like a like a dolphin, really high, uh-huh. like inhumanly high. Uh, they put some motherfucker on wires, huh. and really did that jump. Oh wow! I mean, w- w- assisted with wires, but yeah, they did it. So uh, a lot of it's practical, which is really cool. It's probably a lot of James Wan's, ba- uh, you know, uh, background and horror and stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, you know. Uh, like one of my favorite parts has been the uh, the explanation of the trident. You know, if you seek my power, if you seek the tr- the power of this trident or whatever. Like I listened to that like forty times in a row. I think uh, in the in the five minute trailer, it's mm-hmm. it's Arthurian. It's it's like he's explaining Excalibur. It's it's the mythology is there. It's so it's so epic. Like it's. Like fuck, fuck tapping into D- DC. You tap into mythology itself. You know mm-hmm. what? You know it's it's. I love it. I th- so this is. I'm, lo- seeing, I'm more looking forward to this than fucking any other movie in recent memory. I feel like we're seeing me. like a modern retelling of the Poseidon stories in, in some ways. Poseidon and I think King Arthur uh, yeah. and yeah. and and also you can't you can't deny Hamlet anytime somebody's vying for the throne. Yeah. So uh, I think that'll probably be in there. I've seen some of the uh, reactions, like semi, no, not super spoilery, but like one girl online was ta- she had seen it and she was saying it's like going to an aquarium and an MMA match, and it was <laughs> awesome. So, <laughs> so yeah, it'll be cool to see how the fighting goes down with the uh, tridents and stuff and the quindents. And what's really cool is that a lot of the... De- I'll stop soon. Sorry, I, I'm going to, I'm Jesus on my soapbox God, here. Jesus, God, you love it. We get it. Uh, I know. <laughs> a, lot of the, a lot of the DC fanboys and just comic book movie fans in general, they really were like, why does he have a Quindon? You know, in, in Justice League and shit, right? Uh-huh. He always has a Trident. It was one of those things they switched up because maybe more points is more badass or whatever. So <laughs> I, 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 wonder, I wonder if the people that got behind this movie and James Wan were, were, were like... Well, we got to work with this trident, so let's make it actual or the Quindent. So let's make this a huge story point, and you know he's also ascending to the throne, uh, supposedly anyway. So maybe he just gets the trident when he becomes the actual king, and we're gonna get make this thing basically Excalibur. So, mm-hmm. um, man, I can't fucking wait, dude. Honestly, nice. I'm done. I'm done. Hell yeah, I think it looks cool. <laughs> no it does it looks great to me the most uninteresting part is jason momoa sorry bro i just you know it's okay man i mean but, he was honestly the only the only yeah, negative part for me yeah. as well but i was thinking about it and i'm like all right it's still you know it's still they're bringing to life aquaman and these big comic movies and with james wan being behind it it's like gonna be like you know you you get the sense that it's gonna be of high quality um, and and it just looks good seeing Willem Dafoe more in this trailer than in the last couple or the first one I guess or I've only seen one I think before this but you didn't see much of uh, the vocal character and it was really cool to see him in the little training montage kind of stuff which never gets old especially in this kind of movie um, so I'm excited for the tonal shift that DC is being able to take with this movie um, as well as the direction they move towards and if you haven't watched Titans yet, go watch Titans. It's awesome. <laughs> it's that's, got good. that's a lot darker I'm, I'm, than this movie's going to be. I'm on the though. DC tip now. Now I can. it's connected with me. 
Well, well, they, always, they they had a, they had a shakeup on their C not well yeah C yeah. not CEO yeah. but like there was some shakeup where they made uh, Walter Hamada the the lead and they took out yeah. some, a few other people yeah. so seems like Hamada is maybe He's a few other people too are turning behind some the scenes. dials and flipping yeah. some switches is this after yeah. Jeff Jones or what course yeah. correct huh Je- Jeff so they got Jones. rid of Jeff too he's taken a lower position as a creative oh, okay. head instead of being also like I guess like a company manager he made type. some sort of weird sorry were you finished Stefan yeah sorry about that he he made he made like kind of a lateral move maybe even low going like down a position to become a bigger deal with the Green Lantern movie the in, the inevitable Green Lantern movie green for Jeff Johns yeah. Green Lantern is his baby that's his right. he I love Green yeah. Lantern so. I love Green Lantern I was just gonna say that's my my main connection to the DC universe is I really love Green Lantern anyway I hope it's good. I love Jeff Johns. Titans is good. You should watch it. And there's a, obviously with the that desert scene and a few other things with the with yeah. the trench from Je- Jeff Johns. I, I think that Jeff Johns probably has a big role in in this film. I don't think he's an accredited writer. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe for a story, but not for screenplay. Yeah. And uh, if you haven't checked out that that Jeff Johns run, I think it it is really good because it it kind of addresses. It wants to address all the problems with Aquaman in, in kind of a meta way in the beginning. There's even a kid that comes up to him in the comic and he's like, what's it like being no one's favorite superhero? <laughs> you know, yeah. that's a panel in that comic. Yeah. And, you know, things happen from there and they're like, do you talk to fish? You're an idiot. You know, like <laughs> there's, there's a bunch of stuff like that. They, they want to address You're all... It's a, it's 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 the it's a genius Aww. move, you know. You want to address all of your problems right up yeah. front, and then Jeff Johns leads you on that, and then you know you get to see how cool Aquaman can be. Yeah, for sure, it looks exciting. <laughs> I'm excited. How exciting? We too. I'm gonna go to that early showing. So right now we're going to head into the retro gaming segment of this episode with Jared Bowditch. What's up, man? What's up, man? You got a few games to talk about tonight? I I do, I do. Um, first, first list I got for you guys is Kusoge, which <laughs> is shitty game in Japanese. <laughs> um, Urban Dictionary def- finds it as games with abysmal graphics, gameplay, and or sound. Games that feature an abnormally high amount of bugs that lead to a lot of glitches, broken <laughs> controls. However, Kusuge can also be a game that is just incredibly frustratingly difficult. Like, difficult to a point where it's like, why did you even make this? Like, who can beat this game? Yeah. Cat Mario. Yeah, yeah. Like, um... So the first game on the list is a game that came out for the Nintendo by Sunsoft called Mr. Gimmick. And I've heard of this, yeah. It's like imagine like Mega Man if you took like all the fun power-ups away and made <laughs> it times harder. Like it's like I feel like they made this game to like punish children or something like It's like you can't eat until you beat the first level, you know, like <laughs> Like, it's, like, so... It is so fucking hard. Like, I have not even beaten the first level. Even with save states, it's just, like, that fucking hard. Like, it seems like it's... The level design is cruel. It's a platformer, right? It's a platformer, and you've got, you know, that kind of, like... 
you've got that dash that Mega Man has when you, you know, press down and jump and you kind of do that dash thing and you can yeah. kind of do that into a jump. And then the physics are very kind of there's a lot of there isn't much friction on the ground, so it's like you slide if you go too fast. And then it's like you've an got ice like level a, all the time. Yeah, like all the time. And then you've got like a little charge shot that just charges up this star that you can shoot at the enemies, but some of them take more than a couple hits. And they often put those enemies like in the most precarious platform situations just to like fuck you up. It's like I don't know. I mean, I don't know, maybe like maybe kids in Japan are just like really good at like platformers and my terrible American thumbs. Two player at the same time. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. My shitty American thumbs cannot cope. <laughs> and clean their room. Yeah. <laughs> um, the next game I'm going to talk about is a game that came out for Super Nintendo. I don't know what company made it, but it's a game that was made um, about the anime Bastard. I don't know if you've ever heard of Bastard. Yeah. It's like a pretty like cheesy 90s like fantasy dark comedy anime but the game is like if you made space harrier into a fighting game that's the only way i can really describe it (laughs) so you've got that weird fucking like 3d parallax shit and you like you press the l button and it sends you from the foreground to the background so it's kind of this faux 3d those never worked in the 16-bit era i feel like yeah i mean it's it's like and then not only that it's like to do the special moves like you know how like you're playing street fighter you know you'll do a dragon punch or like you know a hadouken or like you know there's charge moves in this game it's like you hold down the r button and then enter a sequence of buttons so it's like one move might be a x y b and another move might be b b y a and shit like that and so it's like you've got to remember those moves to even be able to like do anything and like it's really hard to put them in but it's like once you've tortured yourself a while with like trying to play this game you kind of start to remember them and it can be a little bit fun um but (laughs) it's just like i think they were just trying to do too much um the next one i'm going to talk about is super galdelic hour which came out (laughs) for the ps2 Uh and it was by it was by enix enix made it right before they merged with squaresoft to become square enix and right. it's like a like a Mario Party clone mixed with DOA beach volleyball. So it's like obviously about titties. That's like you know what the game like. It's Wait, what no, was it no secret. That's what the game's about. <laughs> <laughs> Super Galdelic Hour. Um, Could you spell that, please? <laughs> um, so like That's you've funny. got these these girls that are in these kind of like. These kind of like, I don't know, like Harajuku, like Space Channel 5-esque costumes. Like, you know, like those costumes with like the big puffy hat mask type thing and the matching outfit with like platform shoes, like that whole kind of vibe. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Yeah, it's it's like super, super weird. And it's like uh-huh. you do these mini games against a computer and like um, <laughs> you get to pick between these different girls and you can be like, the bunny pink bunny girl and she has kind of like you know normal size boobs and then if you pick like the, the yellow bear girl she's got like the giant ones and then yeah. they're like the purple cat girl teletubbies right here yeah they are the purple cat is like super you know a cup flat chested and then the green dog is kind of like i would say 
I don't know, B cup. I'm just describing the game, guys. I didn't make it. <laughs> PlayStation Two. Design yeah, PlayStation Two. Yeah. It's it's like you do all these mini games, but then also at certain parts you can like do photo shoots and stuff if you want. Which I know that is what you want because you guys are. I like sick, a game but... that lets you be creative. <laughs> I really always appreciate <laughs> that. This is ridiculous, man. It, I'm looking it, at this it's, now. It, it's almost like it almost functions more as like an art piece than a game because it's so ridiculous and the gameplay is not fun at all. It's just so absurd. Right. Like it's just kind of like a representation of an aesthetic. Um, I, I feel right. like it was like someone was at Enix and they were like, Oh man, once we merge with square, they'll never let me make my game. And then they're like, I got to make it now. <laughs> <laughs> thankfully, thank, thankfully he was able to make it. Yeah. Th thankfully he really? did. Thank, you know, thank God. <laughs> Um, the next game I'm going to talk about is also kind of a pervy one. Don't judge me. Um, it's <laughs> called Dancing right Eyes. Home. <laughs> it's called uh -huh. Dancing Eyes. And I don't know. You guys have probably never heard of this game called Kakoma Night. There's a game called Kakoma Night for Super Nintendo where you – it's kind of like a puzzle game where you're in these levels and you trace – around like squares on this grid while enemies are chasing you around and then if you complete the square and the enemies on the square it'll like kill them uh -huh. almost like this weird jazz ball type of game in a weird way with like these like little characters and so they took that game and put it in 3d with like you know and you're like this like little monkey and there's all these other like little kawaii characters kind of chasing you around <laughs> almost like pac-man and then like if they if they get you they like kill you but so the whole time you're tracing these grids and getting rid of these blocks, you're revealing what's underneath. And for probably about 60% of the levels in the game, it's like a girl in some scantily clad, you know, outfit. And like one of them is actually a girl in a shower and you're like breaking away the shower curtain. Um, again, a game that I discovered, I did not make it. Um, I mean, there's like one level where you're kind of breaking down this, uh, this globe that has an alien head inside so it's like not all pervy but mostly pervy <laughs> and throw that in there for just like it's a it's a video game it's not yeah really yeah and it's like the, the reason why i'm saying simulator <laughs> <laughs> the reason why i'm saying this game is kusage is because like about 50 percent through the game the difficulty spike just gets out of control to where like you know you're <laughs> like like the things chasing you are moving so fast there's like literally no way that you could like outrun them so it's like the only way i could see anyone beating this game is like you'd have to bring like 20 dollars a quarters to the arcade because you're gonna be dying like a whole 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 lot i can see the fucking desperate guy who's pumped like his life savings into this machine he's gotten so far just yeah. to see some like his palms his palms are pervy shit he's like yeah just like his, yes. oh, his, his neck his beard is at the arcade is oh. quivering <laughs> He's like, my neck beard's never been so sweaty, but finally yeah. I did it. You know, you know he's out there. And with my determination. He's definitely out there. Some and he probably probably smells like Doritos or... Yeah. Why does this machine so sticky and smell like Doritos? It's, it seems to be made by Namco, too. Never yeah, brought up to yeah. America, obviously. And oh, one of the yeah, girls is wearing a Soul Edge shirt. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. They, they could not put this in an American arcade. Yeah. There, I'm sure that you, there would be mo Christian moms lined up with picket signs like, "My son has been doing what? <laughs> this is not it's Christian." An arcade. I don't yeah, even know what a Tekken is. 
You better better not be dancing your eyes. Really? I, I, you guys put this game at Chuck E. Cheese? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mom, I need more quarters. <laughs> I need goddamn pizza. I need more quarters. Why? Don't worry about it. Just like, why is there a, a right, line a of like of men ages 18 to 30 outside this Chuck E. Cheese? <laughs> like, they don't care about the tickets. Table for a one, please. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is it still allowed? <laughs> Can I come in here without a child? <laughs> oh man. I just like your pizza. <laughs> and the The mouse. best salad bar that I've ever been to. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh um, man. So the next the next uh category that I'm going to talk about are three D fighters that you've never played. Um, wait, wait, before oh, yeah. before we head into that, I, I wanted to ask a question about Kusoge. Mm-hmm. So we talked about this a little bit in private, but I just wanted to see if we can go over it just for the podcast. Is there, there's no, uh, like it's always a really shitty game, or you said it was a hard one too. No, are, yeah, are there some that are, like, that are like movies where it's like so bad, they're good, and they have a niche audience? See, I, I would say that like by the, well, I mean... Yeah, like like sort of like like Gekisha Boy, for example, is a really fun game, you know. Yeah, but then yeah. it's got you know it's got that racist level, which is kind of yeah. sus. But um, it's it, it's a fun game and it's got like a little following. But I would say you know like a game like the first Battletoads, where it's just like it gets so hard that you literally want to stomp on your Nintendo, like <laughs> throw it out the window. Like that's an example of like Western Kusoge. So games like that, things. or or games like like you brought up Andrew uh, Superman sixty four. Yeah, or like or, a, or that, that I think it was mainly un, I think it was unreleased, but that Penn and Teller Sega CD game. Oh yeah, see Sega CD is like super obscure. I haven't really, yeah, like done much research into that. I I think that there's that well that game was never released. I think, but it was a, almost completely made. Oh shit! It was I made by dude. It was made by Penn and Teller, who don't seem to like video games, and they made it just to fuck with you. They got that <laughs> Desert Bus game and a few other like mini games in it, and it was just ridiculous. Uh, do you, do you remember Back to the Future two and three for NES? You know, I probably rented them, but I don't re- remember them all that well. Jer- Jeremy had that as as a kid, and it's just like that. I would feel like is a shining example of Western Kusoge in ET, just- right? For Atari, yeah, yeah, and also Shaq Fu, you know. But I, mean, yeah. I feel like that yeah. might be kind of a divisive thing because <laughs> there's like people who love the game and people who like, you know, burst into tears at the very Stop mention of the game. Of Shaq Fu. I had Shaq Fu back in the it's day, and I remember game. like I sort of liked it. I mean, it was I think I thought it was kind of silly too, but I, I remember kind of liking. I was like, the Shaq novelty. can do everything. Yeah, wow, I mean, I feel like new it, Bo it, Jackson. It, I feel like it didn't control that differently than like Eternal Champions or any of those other <laughs> exactly. Z you know, list yeah. fighting games. Like I don't, I don't know why. Like because there was actually a website. There was some dude who was devoted to buying every copy and destroying it. Oh wow! Oh my god! <laughs> like nice. he, but I think I think he just like, <laughs> just like needed a mission or something. Wow. Eternal Champions was one of those like kind of minor hits, but it was it was done so well. I remember, I remember it being pretty a pretty good game. Oh no, it was it was very fun. It was very fun. And they never brought it back. That's one that and I then, think like, that they should bring. Do you remember back. that uh, that Justice League fighter for Sega? Yeah, that was pretty good too. Yeah, that one that one was pretty good. 
But I like most fighting games. Superman had like the party mullet. Superman, yeah, yeah, he did. Well, that was during the '90s when he had the mullet, like the early mullets, a party mullet. (laughs) (laughs) There's business mullets and party mullets. (laughs) (laughs) So you gonna buy the tractor or not? (laughs) Exactly. Oh man! Could I set you up with this Jeep? Like some some Zubas. Any other questions? A lot today. <laughs> Any other questions about Kuso Gay before we move on? Nah, man, that was great. All yeah. Right. Next section. All right, next section. 3D fighters <laughs> you've never played. Um, yes. I guarantee you've never played these. Um, I don't know, man. The Challenge first me. one is a 3D fighter with RPG elements from Squaresoft. And I know you think I'm going to say Ergies or something like that, but no, I'm talking about Toeball 1 and 2. Oh, nice. Character designs by Akira Toriyama, button layout similar to Virtua Fighter. And then there was like, in Toeball 2, they added this dungeon crawling, um, like minigame type thing. And like the enemies that you would fight in the dungeon, like after a while, you could like get them to. I don't know, join your side or whatever, but really all that means you could unlock them as a playable character. So pretty much this game that normally had like eight fighters, like if you unlocked them all, you could have like 60 plus fighters, even though a lot of them would be like a mouse or a penguin or just like, you know, like these little kind of shitty enemies with like not that many moves, but it's still kind of made for like a wacky. Yeah. Yeah. It it makes for like like a super wacky kind of. uh, Uh, Okay. So but, uh, this, this really, this is really tells you this tells you a lot about me. So to, I I I imported this game when I was like twelve or thirteen. I was playing Japanese games Nerd. then. Yeah, <laughs> to, Toeball One was in America, but Toeball Two was a Japanese only release, as far as I remember. And I remember it. Toeball Number Two. They put a, the the word number in it. Toeball Number Two was the best. Uh, import game i had ever played at the time it was it's inc- very good incredible it's so good and it it, it should have had a better following than it than it did okay so so you're 12 years old and yeah. you're importing games and toeball 2 at that point had been the best imported game you'd ever played how many games were you in getting imports of at that time when you're 12 years old well, I can't remember what else I. It was like a. I, it wasn't a lot. I said that wrong. I'm gonna admit that right now. But I remember it might have been like in the beginning of my importing days, but like I had an import Dreamcast too, man. Like, uh, so you, is this like a store in the mall you stumbled upon, and like you with your mom, and like you're like, let, let, you know, I want to get a imported Dreamcast, get some games. It was like in the. It was the early internet, man. I was going. Um, Dreamcast was out when you were twelve. Did you have like like a Japanese P- PS one or, or like a modded PCSX? I think I modded. I think I modded it or something. Okay. Um, I don't remember the exact timeline. I mean, this was it was maybe one of the first games I imported. I don't think it was the first, but uh, yeah, dude. I was like, it it, I was like a square one. fighting game. I'm fucking playing this shit. So I'm, I, I got it. And, and I couldn't read Japanese at the time or anything, but it was, uh, you know, it was a fighting game. It didn't really matter. So it was, it was yeah. kind of easy to play. Wasn't Toeball one, like a PS one <clears throat> launch title. Am was I- it a launch title? No, not launch. You're thinking of Toshinden. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. Good. Glad we got to the bottom of that. Toshinden anyway. is 
vastly inferior to Tobol. Yeah, to- Tobol really I was. I remember awesome. seeing the art for Tobol at some point in my life. I don't think I ever played the game, though, but it sounds exciting. I know I had it early on because I moved to Griffin, Georgia, near Atlanta in 1998, and I definitely remember we were playing that game in Alabama. Were those all real places? Like even even the, the, the animation in that game was like pretty good. Yeah, and it was smooth. It was kind of smooth for PlayStation One. Yeah, and kind of like cartoony. Yeah. All right. Sorry to sorry to hold you up there. I just wanted to make a little personal comment about it. Oh no 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 problem. Um, the next one, uh, <laughs> you probably wouldn't know unless you're a huge Sega nerd. But this was like a imagine like Virtua Fighter with weapons. So it's like oh, Sega made a weapons based fighter. This game's called Last Bronx, yep, and it baby. came yes. out in arcades and on Sega Saturn. And the thing that like made me fall in love with it was just how like '90s it was, just like so <laughs> '90s. Like all of like the way everyone's dressed is like super '90s. Like you got this girl who's got like tonfas with like this mm-hmm. really sick snapback with a ponytail out the back, and everyone just looks like so tough. Like, <laughs> yeah, I like the dude, the mobster who has the tonfa. Or is that no? Not the Tonefa. The mobs. The nunchucks. Yeah. Not, does he have a nunchucks? One of them has a um, uh, bo- bokan. Oh, bokan. Yeah, yeah. Bokan. Yeah. yeah. The, the dude yeah. with the bokan. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's, I love uh, that. I always thought that was cool. I just thought I wanted to see that in a movie. So they get the Bruce. fuck beat out of him with the bokan. But yeah, Last Bronx was the shit. Not to diminish the power of your list, Jared Bowers, because I guarantee you the plebs that listen to this show haven't played these games. But <laughs> you're fucking super, super strong nerds over here. Fighting game nerds. And Dude. The Bronx was this I mean, shit. but the, the soundtrack that game has, was great. Had such a, anyway, a dope ahead. array of weapons, too. Like, there was a dude yeah. with, like, a triple staff. Yeah. I was oh, yeah. I've never seen any, any other game with a triple staff. Yeah, it's probably the only game that has the the three-sectional staff thing. It appears uh, as cool. if Sega Ages 2500 release on PlayStation 2 had this game. Oh, yeah, that's probably that's probably true. Yeah, re-release on PS2. PS2 had a lot of great Sega Ages re-releases, and then some weird ones, too. Like, they tried to do a 3D Golden Axe, which was not good. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this one's pretty straightforward, like, weapons-based fighter with Virtua Fighter-type physics, great soundtrack, great 90s vibe very nostalgic it had had cutaway anime scenes too and at the time i was getting really into anime and playing this game so it would have these like quick little cartoons in between the fights and shit and during the story mode it was yeah i'm a huge huge fan of anime cutaways Um, (laughs) (laughs) aren't we all the next cutaways that's the name of our new synthwave band (laughs) join our soundcloud that's not bad i know (laughs) <laughs> okay, continue, Jared. Uh, the the next game, I guarantee you guys haven't played this one. Oh, you don't know. You don't know us, man. It's a game. It's like a DDR <laughs> fighting game uh-huh. by a company called Polygon Magic. It's called Slap Happy Rhythm Buster. Okay, I have not. And <laughs> it's like this really crazy like 3D fighter that plays kind of like it, like it, it plays similarly to like Samurai Showdown or um, to Street Fighter, but like all the characters kind of have this really jet set radio aesthetic. Cool. And then cool, when you do your like super moves, because you've got regular specials, you know, like the meter specials, but like when you do your like super ultimate desperation special, it like puts you into this like kind of rhythm game. And the better you do on the rhythm game, like the more damage it does. 
and and like the called? soundtrack slap happy rhythm busters okay there's a character like, in here called mia that's basically chun li yeah 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 super baggy and then and then there's there's like a, another character that's very similar to um i'm blanking on his name Aomaru? But no the pink haired one who, who does all the stuff with the cards from samurai showdown you know who i'm talking about oh, oh yeah oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's like a Gendro clone in there for sure. Nice. Oh yeah, I see him. He's got a and then you, on his back with the white hair. Oh yeah. You can like unlock these. You can unlock like some secret characters too that are like pretty dope. Oh, wow. But it's just like I had never. I was just like, what a brilliant concept, you know? Just like throwing this DDR element into like this, huh. like weird quirky fighter, and the soundtrack is all like industrial techno house type shit. Hell yeah. Holy it shit! Looks, is it? It's, it's like cell shaded, right? Yeah, it's cell shaded. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and it plays right? so it plays so smooth, and it emulates really well on PC SX. Okay. I mean, go buy the game if you can, but like if you can't find it or it's too expensive, definitely PC SX. Fire it up. Yeah. All right. Hell yeah. Um, the next one that I'm gonna talk to you about is I don't know if you ever heard of Poi Poi. Yes. But there's a game called Poi Poi where it's essentially like a smash brothers or power stone type game it takes place in like a 3d field and you you're grabbing these rocks i guess and just throwing them at your opponents to damage them and like it's like whoever pretty much gets to the rock first and chucks it at their friend you know is like the winner but this game was made by treasure which is like one of my favorite companies you know they did alien soldier gunstar heroes mischief makers like all that stuff and uh marina from mischief makers is actually playable in uh rakugaki showtime which is really cool. But so like this game, it's like you're in like a 3d environment, but all the characters look like they were drawn with chalk. Mm-hmm. So you've got yeah. these weird, like 2d sprites in this 3d world. And then cool. you throw around like the poi poi ball or whatever, but it's like this smiley face. And the more you throw it around, it gets redder and redder. And then like when it bursts, it gets like this hyper rainbowy color, which allows you to do your special. And so it's just like a really fun, hectic game with a shit ton of like weird characters and, the levels will have like nuclear missiles and like hydrogen bombs and like boulders and all sorts of shit to throw at people as well. And then it's like, depending on like when you have the thing, depending on like which way you press like the directional button and like the throw button, you'll do like a different special. And then like a lot of the characters have like super different move sets. Like there's this one dude who can't even um, pick up the ball, but he just has a giant sword like cloud. And so you can just like, smash everyone with your sword or he shoots out a tornado he's got like all sorts of crazy moves there's like a ninja guy that's a lot of fun i had this this game man but i did you i haven't thought about it since we probably sold it back to electronics boutique this yeah it was it was fun (laughs) it was fun it was a party game i could play with my brothers was it like three player it was was like four player yeah four player Yeah, it was it was fun i remember right it's just like once you said it i was like god i know that and i'm looking at it now it's like yeah, I, I yeah I had this it's one. Poi, P O Y, Rakugaki Showtime. Uh, this oh, I thought called. you were talking about Poi Poi. No, this is a Poi Poi clone by Treasure. That's oh. like ten times better than Poi Poi. I had Poi Poi. All right, Ra- Rakugaki Showtime. Gotcha. Yeah, Ra- Rakugaki Showtime is is like Poi Poi on steroids. Um, gotcha. I'm 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 bad listener. Sorry. And then, cool. Th- then there's there's like this other character who can uh she just turns into like a really fat lady. It's like she's got like a transformation attack and she turns into this really fat lady who can like jump and like create shockwaves. And if she hits you, she does like a shit ton of damage. Yeah. Um, 
definitely check it out if you're into party fighters and also if you like treasure which is a really <laughs> weird weird company this is yeah. cool man it's a really strange looking what system yeah it's on? a fucking blast piet ps1 oh really okay cool yeah it's it's so much so much fun like uh, this is a good game i would love to play like with four people on like a projector or something mm -hmm. hmm perhaps we can make that happen perhaps that'd be very cool that'd be very cool um and then as an honorable mention i will i'll talk about or i'll just mention flying dragon i feel like that's a game that doesn't get enough love um <laughs> It's like a Natsum culture brain fighter. Um, that's like what did all those words? Hirio Nuken series, the Hirio Nuken series that was on like Nintendo and Super Nintendo. When it came to sixty four, they they released it in America as Flying Dragon, and it was cool because you get this like kind of Tekken type fighter, but then you also get another game which is like a super deformed version where you can equip items and stuff and level them up, and it's okay, got like these I weird RPG the elements. For this. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I went and I, I mean I like got it with like my money from Christmas one year, and like I remember like my brothers being like, "You just want this game because the name? It's probably not even a good game," you know, like like big brothers being assholes. <laughs> and then, would like, say that. <laughs> and then like after we played it, it was like, "Holy shit, this game's actually really badass." Definitely got into a lot of fights with Josh over that game. Oh man, um, you know brothers are great time. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know I what you're I've talking about. A few times. Yeah, and then like the, the there's like a sequel that came out, but only in Japan, of course, and it is literally impossible to emulate. And if you find it, it is like an insane amount of money. So I think I'll never play it. But What's that this is Flying Dragon Two. No, no, it's called like Super Chinese SD Fighter, and it's just like they just made a sequel of like the super deformed version, but it has like a bunch more characters, like this mummy guy and like. Uh, these other characters from these other Natsume games, but like, like Natsume didn't really release a lot of games in America. I feel like that's a very yeah. like, like Japanese only type company. Okay, it looks like it's for Super Famicom, right? So it's 115 bucks. No, it's for N64. Or N64. Oh yeah, I was about yeah, to say yeah. the Super oh, Famicom yeah. version uh, is very emulatable. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I was thinking that. Trying to find how much it is on eBay, but I can't find it. Is, is <clears throat> not always the easiest. Yeah, I've never really stuff. gotten a really good, like, sort of okay on PC, but it's uh, it could be a lot better. I feel like, like it, yeah. like if it was just a Saturn, I get it. But it's like, why is N sixty four so hard? It was a cartridge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I I use Project sixty four and like it emulates Smash Brothers and Tetrisphere pretty well, but it's yeah. kind of like hit and hit or miss. Um, another one I'll just throw out there, just in case you feel like googling it, that came out for '64 is Rakuga Kids. Uh huh. Um, I don't know if that ever. I don't know like if it came out in America or only in Europe, but it's kind of like. Do you ever play that that game Clay Fighter? It's kind of like Clay Fighter, but with um. Whoa. Crayon drawings, and it's like this very, you know, adolescent kind of like very uh -huh. kindergarten type aesthetic, but it's like awesome. actually a good fighter. Like there's like it's got all the <laughs> wow. you know elements of a good fighter. This is nuts. A good 2D fighter. <laughs> the images I'm pulling up are. I'm looking up all of these. Rock yeah, yeah. The rapper, the rapper, the fighting game. Almost. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what it's like. Wow, that's awesome. This is and awesome, it's cool because there's actually like a hip hop. There's like a hip hop cat who like throws basketballs at people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
That's awesome. Yeah. This is also in 64. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Okay. Man, some hidden gems. These are Night. awesome, man. Yeah, I mean, I like yeah, fell in love with fighters and just went on like a research binge like years ago and it was just like I have to play everyone ever made or everyone yeah. that's good at least. What's the most perverse and the most depraved fighting game out there? Oh god. Uh there's a game. It's a Dojin fighter, which means it was made by a bunch of sweaty nerds in a basement. Um <laughs> And it's it's a game called Super Strip Fighter, and it's problematic as hell. That was also on Turbo Graphics. Super Strip Fighter. But like this, like the most recent one though, like Super Strip Fighter Four or Five, is like very like I almost don't even feel right talking about it because it's like not me very me too at all. But um, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. the super moves are very problematic. Oh my it, god. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> Some of these images, Google that. Want to find out why too? Is it pornographic? Pornographic, but like not in a, but in like a very non-consensual way. Okay, I see. Oh, oh my God. Okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, I asked for the darkness, and I got it in spades. Exactly, which which like makes you think, you know, like why? What is like, there's what a, is it called again? Do, Dojin. Yeah, do, Dojin fighters are just fighters that are made. Go by, outside, like, guys. You know, just a couple times a week. Just go outside. Dojin, yeah, a Dojin like, game is like a. It's like, and then when you say back. indie, even if you say indie game, that means it was made by an indie company. Yeah. Dojin yeah. is yeah. like it's made by it's just made by dudes in a basement, like he's saying. Yeah, yeah like yeah. like pretty much if like all of us just decided to make a game, that would be a Dojin game. Cool. Well, just so before we round out, I wanted to. I found a little interesting thing on the internet this last week called Inspirobot, which is an artificial intelligence dedicated to generating unlimited amounts of unique inspirational quotes for endless enrichment of pointless human existence. So I found this to be pretty funny. We'll see how it translates to the podcast. Um, each time an, a new image is generated with like a new sentence, it's all, it's got behind it some kind of correlating image. Sometimes it seems like they're random and don't go with what they're saying, but somehow that even makes it a little profound. So I'm just going to read a couple of these and see see what happens here. Um, uh, inspired by, and also another thing to note is it's fun to think of like a robot thinking of how humans exist and what may be important to us. Keep that in <laughs> mind. <laughs> anyway, generate. This is Inspirobot. Boom, it's loading. <laughs> the first one is just a guitarist on stage in some epic portrait, and it just says, save him. So not sure what Inspirobot was <laughs> saying there, but we're just getting warmed up. Let's see what happens. I like it. <laughs> Next one up is, by raising awareness, we can make cancer implode. And it's <laughs> five people <laughs> sitting with the star shape of their legs in a park over grass in some <laughs> nice environment. I'll describe the image first because I think that's what makes it kind of funny. We got a deer walking on the edge of a forest right here and the word says, um, what if moments can radically alter the way you see depressions if you just listen to your heart? <laughs> it's inspired like it. It's inspired about. All right, generate another one here. <laughs> see, we got, we're, there, so we got, <laughs> sorry. <clears throat> so we got uh, somebody uh, paragliding over a nice beautiful sunset with big clouds and it's it's just on dusk and it looks like a lot of photoshop but it says feeling nothing grab hate <laughs> <laughs> perfect <laughs> inspirobot uh, 
the most philosophical thinker better than we can. Anyway, this next one is just birds over a nice orange disc sunset over a dark purple sky which says if you are the person if you are the person best suited for the festivities you will destroy the festivities. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's so true. It's like a bad so fortune cookie. It's so true. It hits right in the heart. I'm going to read a few more and then we'll get the hell out of here. <laughs> Quotes give perspective on existence <clears throat> is what the thing said well loaded. Oh, Jesus. This one is a guy standing with his back to us in a forest looking pensively and it says, Minds want you. Okay, that one's a little... That's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. this robot is just is getting his way ahead of us, ahead of the curve. Um, this next one is a pair of glasses sitting on a closed laptop of the MacBook uh, sort um, mm-hmm. over some plain-looking background, and it says, Please don't plan for Facebook friends. <laughs> what? Okay. That's weird. All right, a couple more, and then we'll get out of here. This is InspireBot, <laughs> folks. Check it out for yourself. Um, it probably works best when you can sit and read it. And, Have you uh, just been refreshing yeah, yeah. this like for days? Well, you just generate it and it generates a whole new one. So some of them seem like pretty random. And then other times it's like this robot really giving you like this really profound, abstract kind of advice. And you're like, yeah. You know, Is it's that kind like of some a, Zen riddle shit? It kind of feels like a fortune being told in some way. Like you're bringing yourself to it and your intention to it. You hit generate and you get an image of a guy in some kind of performance with sparks shooting from behind him. And it says, love. The most emotionally frustrating drama you'll ever see. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right, so one more, okay. and then, so then we're out of here. Um, this one is the city skyline. Looks like a New York City or whatever, with just one tall building standing amidst shorter buildings. And it says, aim for intoxication, and you may receive solutions. <laughs> what? <laughs> Good and advice. That's in, and that's Inspirobot. Check out Inspirobot.me. Uh, we, f- we fell a little flat here. I thought that would be pretty funny. But check them out for yourself because they're really pretty hilarious juxtaposed to some of the images. And whatever this robot's thinking up is um, kind of disturbing. So <laughs> welcome to the age of the AI. I am Woofy Cruz, a.k.a. Woofus Artoofus, a.k.a. Donnie Dub Styles, <laughs> a.k.a. Uh, silly Slappy McHat Slappy Sloppy Joe. And... Uh, this has been episode 158 of the Superhouse Podcast, and boy, we sure had a lot of fun. Thank you, Jared Bowditch, for coming on for that retro game segment. We'll see you again next time, hopefully, with some obscure RPG hidden gems that we'll be looking forward to emulate in the future or possibly collect. Who knows? Payday's coming <laughs> soon. Anything's possible. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll see you again next week with some uh, fun sections, possibly more news and some games probably and we're going to play truth or dare and tell each other our deepest darkest secrets and uh the audience as well i'm signing off how about you boys this is andrew and uh check out all of our social media shit just search for super house podcast (laughs) signing off this is joey i'm gone bye this is maddie bye bye This is Stefan from the Superhouse Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Patreon, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and any other 
godforsaken social media outlet that we are, that we should be floating on. We are basically on all social media. <laughs> yeah, all social media. Mainly Facebook and Twitter and Patreon. Check out the links in the description. We have uh, a lot of uh, cool goals uh, set up on our Patreon. Like if you donate a dollar, you'll be able to uh, give us a topic for us to talk about. And that's we'll talk dope. about for maybe an hour or more. Who knows yeah. how long it'll take. And that's pretty tight. <laughs> that's the coolest thing. <laughs> Wait, we're on the internet? That's pretty good. <laughs> if you and we can make money. <laughs> what? <laughs> if you donate $1,000, you get full frontal nudes. We haven't set that up, but it's a possibility. <laughs> you give us a grant, who knows what will happen. Check us out. <laughs> I'll do that. <laughs> I'll do that. <laughs> you get to go on a date with one of us for $10,000. <laughs> but you pay for everything. <laughs> <laughs> you get to have your way with Maddie for $20,000. I'll give you Joey for a weekend. <laughs> for $30,000, we'll help you hide a body. Check out our Patreon. <laughs> Superhouse Gigolo Project. <laughs> 2018. <laughs> <laughs> Links in the description. <laughs>